Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from Living Faith Bible Institute with the hope that you'd be encouraged, strengthened. And over the last few weeks, I've been uh, having the privilege of interviewing my pastor, Sam Miles of Midtown Baptist Temple. We've been having a conversation about healthy ministry. And we started by having a conversation about prayer and, and, and how to have a spirit-filled ministry where, um, where God is at work in your midst and, and blessing the work of your hands. Uh, and then we just most recently had a conversation about evangelism and discipleship and, and the roles that those play, strategies about how to approach that. Now today we're gonna have a conversation about developing leaders. Now we're, we've been talking about that, but, but more specifically, we wanna talk about leaders that have the ability to reproduce themselves and to be a part of some of the, the toughest works like missions and, and church planning. Leaders of that caliber, they don't come out of nowhere, right? They, we have to be very intentional about training them up. And so that's what we're gonna be having a conversation about today. So welcome back, Pastor Sam Miles. Yeah. It's good to be back. Okay, so I want to quote you real quick. Um, and I, I wanted to introduce uh, our, our series of questions. Okay, so you said, uh, we don't want to just support churches making disciples. We want to help produce disciple makers. Can you explain to me what that, that means specifically, that statement? Yeah, so anything that we're doing in ministry, anything that we're doing that supports dis- the ministry of discipleship, we we want to give that away we want to help any way we can help churches we obviously want to do that but at the end of the day if the ministry is not producing disciple makers then we're playing at it it's not even really discipleship yeah no you're that fourth goal is establish the disciple with you in ministry what ministry the ministry of winning souls making disciples training and equipping leaders seeing ministry multiply around mm-hmm. the world every you know there's a whole body that can be a part of moving that agenda forward and so we want to yeah we want to produce disciple makers and so in terms of the church structure ministry planning the training everything should fall out to that that objective when people visit what's the strategy to bring them from visitor to believer and mm-hmm. from believer to disciple and from disciple to disciple maker how do we get them to go from being an attender to a minister? Right. That's critical. Very yeah. Critical. Yeah. And and so, w- with that in mind, with the idea mm-hmm. that that we're trying to not just that going through a program or going through a going through a series of lessons, that's not mm-hmm. the end goal. You don't you know because you finish the workbook, yeah, does not make you a discipler or a yeah. disciple maker, right? Um, so when we talk about making disciple makers. Uh, often we refer to the the path of growth in our ministry. Yeah. And we talk about that in terms of just a guide to get someone to a place of maturity in their faith. And we, we spent the last episode addressing this quite a bit. Could you just recap briefly uh, what we talk what we mean when we talk about the path of growth, at least around here yeah. in Midtown? Yeah, what's the so if I'm if I'm an attender or I'm a member of MBT, what's the next phase of my spiritual development and so you know again it starts with the new members class and the cost of discipleship class and once they get what we're trying to accomplish then it's all about getting them equipped so that they can get involved in the lives of people that's what separates the posers from the players Mm -hmm. you know the posers complete a workbook 
Right. And they get a certificate or they've, you know, yeah. they finish some curriculum and they feel good about what they know. The minister takes what they know and they invest it in the lives of people. They right. share it. Right. So it's getting people engaged in ministering to, to others. And so, so they have to know the material. So that's 18 lessons in discipleship one. And then from there, D2, we introduce them in how, in terms of how to minister. And then once they learn our approach, our ministry approach, uh, it's introductory. Mm-hmm. It's two semesters. It's the start of our Bible school. Uh, that's followed by four years of the Living Faith Bible Institute, four years of curriculum that's aimed at equipping ministers for ministerial work. But once they get done with that D2 phase, then they are set up as an apprentice. Mm-hmm. You know, if they get it, they get the material, their discipler passes on them, you know, uh, uh, um, gives them an all clear. And, right. and uh, Pastor Morgan and the D2 team see that they're getting what we're communicating. Well, then at that point, they're put with a seasoned discipler. Often it's with the person that discipled them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works very naturally that way. Sometimes it's, they're paired up with somebody else, but now they become uh, a co-laborer with that discipler. So they're we're, we're now engaged. They're engaging in the lives of people. We're kind of we're starting to throw them in the deep end of the pool. So they begin to learn to be a minister by doing the work of the ministry. Right. You know. So it's not just academic. It's also very practical. Yeah. So, which segues perfectly in terms of our conversation so what you're talking about in terms of the apprentice is giving people at the right level of where they're at giving them opportunities to get their hands dirty immediately yeah and uh i think that with that comes a lot of risks sometimes right because people fail along the way and people struggle and and but we have an approach around here um that says every member a minister and so instead of just saying that we mean it. We want to give people opportunities to minister, and if we yeah. withhold them, then we withhold growth, and we, we we withhold their long-term maturity. Can you attach a PDF to these streams? Yeah, because if we can, we'll put the chart with this conversation. Yes. So just open up the PDF that's attached to this podcast, and you'll see. Um, a fourfold approach to principles and ministry. Mm-hmm. And so it shows, it kind of just very simply and rudimentary, in a very rudimentary way, just shows the approach that we're taking at MBT in training up people. You know, again, I think we mentioned this in the last podcast. It's, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not looking for qualified people that we can bring in and and use them to make our ministry awesome. And, you mean uh, we're not make, recruiting from we're the not nearest recruiting. seminary? Mm-hmm. Or, right, 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 right. As you well know, that we we get seminary students that have never been discipled. Right. Um, that you know some of the some of the foundational truths they, they never had the opportunity to hear those things, and so mm-hmm. it's very critical that everybody's trained up in this structure. You know, but yeah, we're not hiring in. Um, you know big guns and pros and and uh, big dogs mm-hmm. okay uh, we don't use men to do the work of the ministry so that we got pros making sure the ministry's right now again 
it's the men and women that that do the ministry that that accomplishes sure. the ministry. But 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 just as much the the emphasis needs to be on using the ministry to build the ministers, mm-hmm. right? And so so the approach has to be an apprenticing approach. It has to be a, a mentoring approach. So once somebody gets saved, right, the people that we're discipling, they're doing evangelism with us. Like that's one of the things that we want to start encouraging them to do. They're serving with us in the children's ministry. They're helping us clean mm-hmm. clean the building. Yeah. You know, we we spend a little bit of money on on making sure that the building's clean, but the bulk, the heavy lifting is done by the members of MBT. We um, we talk about this regularly. Uh, we're not interested in giving somebody a mic until we've seen them run a toilet brush. Right. You know, are they willing? Because we're you know, we want to build servant leaders. Mm-hmm. Are they willing to serve the body? And so, so the idea is from the onset, from the start, they're they're beginning to serve and they're beginning to minister with us. So in the first phase, ministry is being modeled for people, but then during the discipleship phase as that finishes um, as they're established in the in the four goals of discipleship as they're being mentored as a minister uh, they they're being tasked in the work of the ministry mm-hmm. as a disciple and then in the they're waiting they're waiting out into the pool yeah essentially they're beginning starting yeah, at the, when we've got a life jacket on them and yeah, we're yeah, with them yeah but but then from there in the D2 and the LFBI phase of their development, they're being trained. And that's when we began to invite them to share the ministry with us. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're if they're if they're being trained as ministry leaders, now they need to start helping to lead the ministry. And so now it's a it's a team. You know, they're teaming with pastoral leadership. And it's at that it's at that phase that pastors have to get full of faith. This is why a lot of churches don't produce ministers. It's because the pastor won't let go of the ministry. Yeah, they're withholding. Yeah, from he's micromanaging everything, yeah. and and he and he'll 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 put somebody as a leader over some area, but then he won't let them lead. And and he's you know there needs to be accountability. Mm-hmm. Again, if something's worth doing, we ought to do it right. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be opportunity for people to engage, and and if they mess up, we'll figure that out. And We'll look at how it went wrong, and we'll learn from it. And then, so help us God by His grace, we won't mess up that bed next time. And mm-hmm. and hopefully, we've all learned from that, and we're all stronger for it. And the ministry has more capacity as a result. <clears throat> One of the things that I learned very early on is I'm a pretty low capacity guy. Um, I don't think anybody would say that about you. I think I can effectively pastor about fifty people if they're not high maintenance, a hundred people. I can I could probably pastor okay. fifty to a hundred people. Okay, so you're that um, tub of butter. I'm that tub of butter, man. Yeah, right. pastor. There's yeah. only so much of yeah. you that can be spread around. Okay, so let's make sure people understand. So what I'll say often is a pastor is like a tub of margarine. Yeah, I wasn't actually calling you a tub of butter. That would be really rude. You were saying I'm a fatty. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I was doing. No, there's there's an analogy here. I've put on some weight this winter. I'm no, working no, on, no, 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 no. You've yeah. been working out, and yeah. uh, and I'm proud of you. So yeah, whatever. But tell tell me about the the, the butter. The, yeah, the so a pastor's like a tub of butter. You can only cover so much bread, and then the right. tub's empty. You know? Yeah. So the idea is to get in the butter business, mm-hmm. and that way all the bread can get covered. And so 
if I have to be the answer for every question and the solution to every problem and the go-to guy for every need, then we're not going to get very far as a mm -hmm. ministry. So I have to get full of faith. And that's, I think, one of the things that, you know, if pastors can get a hold of this, it's very, it's very hard, but it's also, it's also very crucial is you start giving the ministry away. Yes, there's training. Yes, there's accountability, mm -hmm. but you let leaders lead. If somebody feels like they've been given ministry leadership, but they don't have the capacity to lead, you know, if I was second guessing every decision that you made in Kaya or every decision that you make um, in in the in in the uh, postscript podcast mm -hmm. you get so frustrated so fast i mean yeah. it, would, it would it would steal all the joy right. out of it but there's a lot of pastors like that there's a lot of pastors like yeah. that and it's to their own detriment mm -hmm. <clears throat> one of the things that we have to recognize so like that young man who we talked about maybe in the first uh episode that young man that wants to be affirmed it's very critical and mm -hmm. people people need to you know some people need to be affirmed but uh they want people to know that they have value that they're doing it right and and right. it's kind of this thing in the back of their mind that man once i'm a pastor i'm going to do it right and then everybody will see how, mm -hmm. how it's really you know uh, there's a pride component to that but as you mature in ministry god just he's so good he makes sure that we find out it ain't about you mm -hmm. and you're not all that awesome mm -hmm. and it doesn't please god to use the wise and the strong and the mighty of this world it's not the big dogs that god chooses to be glorified in uh, it's the weak despicable despisable right. foolish things of this world and praise the lord i'm qualified for mm -hmm. god to use me because mm -hmm. i get i get where i'm at i'm not awesome god's awesome i'm right. not right god's right uh, I don't have all the answers. God has all the answers, and so help us, God, by His grace. We're going to follow after Him hard. We're going to be. We're going to get. We're going to stay full of faith and what He's promised in His Word. So help us, God, by His grace. That's what we're going to have in ministry. And so, obviously, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fall short. Um, one of the things that we say at MBT is there's probably very little that we do perfectly, and there's a lot that we don't even get to the right position you know mm -hmm. we didn't do it well yeah but man we serve an awesome god yeah yeah and uh with little he makes much uh, yeah i feel like what you know? you're saying is like if if our expectations for growing leaders is, are too is too high well then we'll never ever give them an yeah. opportunity to if somebody has to be perfection and my clone before i'll give them any keys to any part of the ministry we'll get nowhere mm-hmm and for the pastor that thinks he's the end-all be-all and the answer to everything well then that that person's never going to arrive. They're never going to get there. Right. My job as a pastor is to train, equip, and envision and give the ministry away. And again, there's a, there's mutual accountability there. But if I've done my job, then the people that are serving with me in ministry, God's going to use them. And because God's going to use them, it's going to be awesome. And people are going to see it, and they're going to grow, and they're going to have faith in their ministry leadership. Mm -hmm. And if there were, if we're a family and we stay accountable together in ministry, uh, it's one of our ministry principles. We keep unity. Mm -hmm. You know, we're we're commanded to do that. And so, so help us God by His grace, we're going to do that. We're going to ruffle each other's feathers. You know, there's going to be times where we get on each other's nerves or we overstep, and then we just get those things right. Mm -hmm. You know, but. For me as the senior pastor, if I'm jealous of the staff 
or if I'm jealous of the the growing LFBI this students. This is why you only bring on like really the ugliest guys in the ministry. I bring on ugly guys. I gotta at least stay the best looking. No. <laughs> But right, if you're if you if you're hoarding if you're hoarding out of if out I'm of the pride, standard for beauty, we're in trouble. <laughs> but like, but your but your point is good. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but but you're right. Like, if you're hoarding the the power the the power and the and the you know the resources um, because you're trying to retain you know some some semblance of of coolness, that's problematic because again, you only yeah. think that way if you think that you you were qualified to begin with. Yeah. I, I need people to recognize me, mm-hmm. right? If, if I'm not thinking straight, then it has to be, it isn't about me, it's about him. Right. And so to God be the glory. Okay, so the reality is, is I'm not going to live forever and I won't be the senior pastor of MBT forever. And if I don't do my job, that puts this church in the necessary position. They will necessarily have to find somebody that wasn't... I mean, they just don't have the DNA and they're going to be building some mile wide, inch deep ministry because, you know, the goal is to grow, not to grow the person, the word, the life, the mission of Christ and the members that show up, Mm -hmm. you know. So we have to train. We have to build leaders. We have to have at some point I'm going to be standing at the judgment seat of Christ and I'm going to have to give an account, not just for my the fruit in my life or lack thereof, but also the fruit in your sure. life yeah. and the lack thereof. Yeah. And the fruit or the lack thereof in the lives of our children and our grandchildren. We have to build a ministry. You know, Christ may come back today. We need to mm-hmm. do a podcast on that. Christ may come back today. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're ready. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I'm looking for it. We're there. But we also need to be good stewards, right? So, so we want to make good use of the day because this may be, this is likely the last day that we'll have serving the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But we need to, our stewardship needs to include the fact that we're building a ministry that will make it possible for our, our grandkids, yeah. There's a paradox. our spiritual great grandchildren, yeah. that they will have fruit at the judgment seat of Christ. So that we got to get in the butter business. We mm-hmm. got to multiply ministers who know the book and they know how to use it. They know the right way to use it in ministry. Um, so, so for me to be jealous of God using you mightily means I'm not a father, right? It means I'm a competitor. If I'm a if I'm a father in the faith, if I'm a if I have a if I have a Paul Timothy relationship with the people that I'm bringing up in ministry. I want them, you know, I got two boys. Okay, we'll just pick with my stick with my boys. Mm-hmm. I've got Seth and I've got Sam. And if they go on and make more of their life than I did in, with mine. Right. If I'm a halfway decent father, I'm not going to be bitter or jealous over that. Yeah, you're I excited will by that. I will rejoice over that. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I want my kids to make more of their life than I ever made of mine? Sure. Well, man, I want that I want that for all of these guys. Mm-hmm. That they would if God can use me so that they can have more fruit at the judgment seat of Christ than I have, I win. Yeah. I don't know that it's an NLM, but I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna minister in that way. Mm-hmm. The, the the guy that's the next pastor of MBT, um, he will have no greater supporter, no better church member, no better backup pit bull mm-hmm. than me. Mm-hmm. because it'll be one of our sons in the faith. Like, we're going to be behind mm-hmm. whoever that guy is right. 
whoever the Holy Spirit sent, pulls out, it'll be somebody that we trained up in the mm-hmm. Lord, and and it's obvious this is what the Holy Spirit's doing. We'll all see it, and uh, we'll we'll be excited. And man, maybe we slayed our thousands, and they're saying He slayed His ten thousands. Sounds great. Awesome. Yeah. Praise yeah, the Lord. God. That's what we want. So, you know, what you're saying is beautiful because what you're talking about is kind of the, the backward design of what we're talking about. So the end goal is, is man, hundreds of churches that are like-minded, yeah. hundreds, thousands of leaders all over the world preaching the gospel yeah. and a beautiful judgment seat for everyone involved. That's yeah. that's the end goal. Yeah. So we have to think practically Rejoicing about that. Rejoicing, clown, celebrating. Crown of glory. Crowns yeah. of glory. Every, uh, yeah. yeah. It'll be exciting. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm trusting the Lord for that. But we've got to think very practically about that. So that has implications for the day-to-day function of our ministry. What are some ways in which MBT allows their growing leaders to get their hands dirty? Say in the context of fellowship or Bible study, what are the ways in which we give keys to to the young men and women in our ministry that allow them to grow? Yeah, okay. So um, let me just take that question and just flip it right back mm-hmm. and talk about what uh, the Kaya leaders are doing in multiplying their Bible studies and multiplying ministry in Kaya. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, it's only a model. It's so that fun you, to interview. It, to interview. Yeah, you know? don't yeah, yeah. don't thanks spin for, the table thanks around for, on me. This is thanks not, for okay. uh, joining me. In this, uh, <laughs> in this well, I mean, I think what the the model that's been handed to me is um, is to entrust them, and so um, I, I purpose to. Um, stand with them when they need help um, to give them advice to counsel them but i want them doing the counseling and i want them doing the shepherding and i want them doing the evangelizing and, and coming up with strategies specifically to the areas that they're trying to reach and and i want them spread thin a little bit i you want, want them, them to have to seek the lord and, right you know, exactly and yeah. so you know when it's when a bible study starts getting a little bloated well, then let's divide that Bible study. Let's have a new Bible study and let's just multiply this thing. And and, uh, and God has used that to grow leaders. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. it's What's been awesome is to see the leaders coming up and them take, like it's their ministry. Mm-hmm. They own it, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, and it's, it's this is all over the church. You yeah. Know? And, and so they're on their face before the Lord. They need to get up. They need to. I mean, they need to get a hold of God mm-hmm. for the ministry that they're responsible over, and then to see God bless that ministry, and whether it's through difficulty, they're having problems, or there's fr- okay, they have to work through that, and we're with them. I mean, as leaders, we're shoulder to shoulder. One of the things that we do is we have a a once a week elders meeting, ministry leaders meeting. Mm-hmm. Where we actually started that for you and Pastor Dan Renault when yeah. you guys were coming up to just have a, a once a week, uh, let's talk about yeah. ministry, what's going on, what do you need help with, what do you have questions about. It was such a huge relief. What and do we need to train on? Yeah, I mean, I, I so I was in my mid-20s, I suppose, when you started letting me come to those meetings. I'm working full-time, um, you know. Yeah. It, there was in many ways I felt disconnected and you inv- you pulled back the veil. You introduced me to conversations that I would have never never otherwise had hard stuff, stuff that mm-hmm. was like, "Whoa, are you sure you want to tell me? I'm not ma- I don't know if I'm mature enough to hear that." <laughs> and uh, yeah. and I wasn't yeah. and I wasn't, but um there was a trust. No. There was an Sorry. In- yeah, well, 
I worked through it. Yeah. No, but no, there was an entrustment yeah. there and there was intention and it absolutely helped me develop. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I think the Bible study structure is a great development tool. Um, mm-hmm. What ways do we use Bible study? So like, you know, a, a lot of the work is handed off. The pastors kind of hand off the work through the Bible studies. Explain how that lo- looks in the different fellowships. I'll back up one step. Um, so the way MBT is broken down in terms of ministry organization, more and more as the ministry grows, I'm pastoring pastors. And 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 then we are pastoring the leaders mm-hmm. of MBT. And then in the growing leaders are sharing. And of course, we're all counseling and we're all involved. Sure. But the more we can share that with the growing leaders, the more leaders we're developing. And so, so... So we have our church-wide ministry activity, but then we want to break down. We're a we're a middle-large church, uh, according to the stats, and so mm-hmm. there's no way I can pastor everybody. So we break our church family into what we call Sunday fellowships or their fellowships, and we want to we want to develop as many of those as we can as we have mm-hmm. space and time slots to make that happen and we've got the leaders to pull it off we want to start new fellowships because those become places where people can train mm-hmm. in pastoral and, and pastoral ministry even. organizational ministry church planning all of that yeah they, they get insight and experience we're multiplying praise we're multiplying preaching we're multiplying counseling we're multiplying small group ministry so it only helps us uh, in terms of long-term objectives of reproducing mbt or ministry Mm -hmm. um so with that with that fellowship then that now is broken down into small groups and those small group Bible studies, those are the places where people practically, the members can practically and tactically plug in and be fitly joined to the body. And so there's accountability, there's encouragement, uh, there's mutual prayer, there's care, mm-hmm. uh, there's a you know a good old fashioned encouragement or or tail kicking whatever the Whatever's whatever required. the yeah the, the the case requires. Uh, and it's and it's healthy, mm-hmm. you know. That's where the the members can give care. But but for that for that small group, that Bible study leader, they're sharing with us in the pastorate. Oh yeah, they're the ones that know what's going on, it, even in more detail than any of our pastors. What's going on in the life of that person, and then we work together with that leader to make sure that the flock has care and that the obstacles for their growth have been removed. And yeah. so the, it's critical. Small group ministry is powerful. It is, and it, yeah. and they, I love the way we do it. It's so exciting, and it's exciting for them. Um, they feel they feel a part of what's going on. Oh, yeah. And we, yeah. you know, so for an example would be, we just had a bunch of people go through our Casa Discipleship class, and we get this list of newbies, new disciples, right? And so the first thing I do when I get a list of 10 to 20 new disciples, I put it before the Bible study leaders right. and I yeah. say, hey, yeah. you know, you know better than me. Now, I might have some wisdom and some discernment yeah. that you don't have, but but in terms of the knowledge of who this person is and, and what kind yeah. of counseling they need, who would be a good, good fit for them, yeah. I put that before them and you would think that they, like, 
they're like kids in a candy shop mm -hmm. because their heart is bent towards the work. Yeah. And so that's just a small microcosm of how and, that plays itself out. And they were a part of actually reaching that person. Yeah, yeah. So they're and, totally vested. Yeah, in yeah. many cases, or yeah. they know the person who was. Yes. And yeah. like, oh, uh, hey, you need to know that this person yeah. would be great with this person because they, they were there when they got saved or yeah. they've been investing. Yeah. They know all those details yeah. because they own they own the work. It's and they, their ministry. And they only own yeah. it because at some point along the way we said, well, I'm one tub of butter. Yeah. And we got work to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So then with that. I don't know if our leaders like being likened to tubs of butter. Is there another analogy? Like, I don't know, but you know, you got to cover that bread with something. So is it like frosting on a cake? Maybe it's frosting. On, frosting sounds sweeter. Frosting's good. Yeah. There's yeah. only so much frosting. A tub of frosting can only cover so much cake. We got to get in the frosting making the business. The frosting making business. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, We'll keep Maybe somebody that. listening to this can give us a better analogy. I'm sure that, I came up. With I'm sure that they could. Yeah. Like I don't think it would require much thought. But we're working real hard at it right now. We're not coming up with anything. So, yeah. Sorry. Um, so okay. What about your pulpit ministry? Um, in terms of the pulpit, like for most pastors, this is you know this is the prized place. This is where you know, and rightfully so. They the the pulpit ministry has so much power. So much counseling gets done there so much growth happens because of, of, of a message that was preached. So, but a lot of times a pastor withholds the pulpit and doesn't allow growing leaders to step into it. And, and I think that that's maybe not our approach, right? No. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, it depends on the season that we're in in ministry. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I, I, I feel like I need to be in more. Um, but you know, I, I think it's important that I regularly share it. There are pastors in our fellowship that have kind of given me a hard time. Uh, they want to know what I'm doing for a living because I'm out of the pulpit so much, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know, they're, they're having fun with me. But we're planting churches. Yeah. And uh, we're sending teams. It's exciting, you know, to see a church plant in Tampa and a church plant across town and, and, um, you know, now we're in the process of planning a church in Boston. Yeah, and there's a team going there, and and uh, my pastor Renault has had plenty of opportunity in our pulpit. Yeah, um, in fact, so had to Mark develop and, them. and so Mark had and Dan. Dan and Dan's, uh, yeah, Pastor Renault. They is, all got experience preaching. For, you know, there's a lot of new people here since we sent the Lee Summit team out, uh, but for the people that were here three years ago or more they would still view dan as one of the pat you know he's mm -hmm. part of our he's part of the family yeah you know um we we do retreat together yeah you know, it's 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 exciting uh pastor ong going to vietnam next year uh lord willing so help us god mm -hmm. and the team that's going with him uh, but pastor ong's had plenty of opportunity in the pulpit um we've got you know, we've got ministry multiplying, right? And if it's going to reproduce in other places, then you know, the as as the leaders develop, right? As the ministers mature, they need that opportunity in the pulpit. And so, a lot of times, whenever I leave or I can't be there or whatever, uh, a lot of the time I will pick one of the up and coming, you know, somebody that's maturing in LFBI, one of our LFBI students, and I'll have them preach for me while I'm gone. Mm -hmm. 
Someone well, you know it's going to be very like really stretching for. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's good for them, mm-hmm. and it's good for the church to get to know some of these key. You know, like they're finishing, like they're 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 maturing, they're mm-hmm. they're fruitful already in ministry, and especially the people that we know, God's obviously leading them toward the pastorate. Mm-hmm. You know, the more that we can we can uh, promote them as ministry leaders, that's that's only strategic, right? Because what happens if they end up being a pastor here? or they they end up leading a team to reproduce what we're doing in another part of the world. Mm-hmm. MBT's got to get behind that and support that. It's expensive, it's costly both not just in money but in just the teams going to support that. So yeah, we want to promote them as leaders. I think I think that's critical. Whenever if the senior pastor can come to the place where they can say, you know, I trust you like you're the pastor this weekend, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. I'm trusting you in the pulpit to bring a word from the Lord, and uh, and to and to be six to successfully engage in that Ephesians four edification function in the pulpit. Um, I, you know, I think that says a lot to that growing minister, but it also says a lot to the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's important. It is important. I think, I think it's healthy for pastors to share the pulpit with growing leaders. I I can't imagine going out of town and not trusting the growing leaders at MBT and I got to bring in a pastor, my pastor buddy from mm-hmm. somewhere to cover me because I know he won't mess things up for me while I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's sad. Yeah. 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 And yeah. and it and it promotes pastoral elitism. Right. In other words, this isn't actually your church cuz I can't even trust it to you. So I'm saying every member a minister but now in this case yeah. <laughs> Not really, right? <laughs> yeah. Here, your proud waves stay no further, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah. So you shall not pass. A lot of times we yeah. talk about it in terms of giving guys reps. That's at least the, the phrase that I've, I've heard mm-hmm. you, which basically, you know, produces in, in our mind this image of, of someone needing to do, you know, in the gym. They have to work out yeah. they have, like, over yeah. and over and over. They got to work out. And so if someone's gifted in a teaching and preaching uh, way – you want to provide them with reps. That might look like your pulpit from time to time, but mm-hmm. in the stop gaps and in the, in the time between those, you know, monumental moments, uh, we want to give guys opportunities to grow. And so we have this thing called Preach Night. Would you describe Preach Night a little bit? Um, well, let me just flip it. And uh, would since you're organizing Preach Night, uh, go ahead and describe Preach Night. You know, it's a it's really a riff on what we used to do with the old, um, we called it SOT, mm-hmm. um, Bible studies. But uh, yeah, it's a wonderful opportunity to develop guys in terms of their preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and lay it out, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. You, you aren't ready for that. No, I, no. This yeah. is, I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing you. You, you know, we're, uh, know yeah, well, okay. So you're going to do a good job. <laughs> lay out for each night. It's thanks, fun. Thanks for giving me this opportunity, Pastor Sam. It's really stretching me. Yeah, yeah. I'm growing good. in my faith already. No, I. <laughs> so we started Preach Night uh, a, year year. And a, a year and a half ago now, almost. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're in our second round. Um, and uh, the goal is to give growing leaders opportunities to speak in front of people and to receive a constructive critique. And so yeah. um, we give guys a slot. Uh, they've got 20 minutes to preach. There's rules surrounding how they have to go about doing that. There's things that they have to cover. They have to provide a PowerPoint. Um, and uh, and then 
they they preach and their peers and their pastors critique what they do and they give yeah. them feedback and it's loving and fun and it and the guys enjoy it and then once they've done preach night then they graduate to another form of preach night um that allows them to meet once a month with their peers and preach to one another without the same level of oversight and so they're preaching more often they're getting more reps in yeah. at that point so it's been it's been good because our guys have grown i've seen yeah. our pastors grow in their teaching and preaching i mean i felt like i've grown mm -hmm. just listening to the to the critiques yeah getting the feedback gives you stuff to work on and mm -hmm. you know forces you to actually double down and and do the work you know and it, and it helps to also help, you know maybe the ticks that you develop some of those get pointed out oh, yeah. and those things that can be distracting in terms of the ministry of the word and so you know it's it's been constructive across the board and what's great about that you take that coupled with their ministry involvement and their training in the living faith bible institute so as they're with us in ministry they're doing the work of the ministry they're getting trained in ministry um it's a uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a wonderful thing to watch somebody that just a few years ago was an attender and now they're shoulder to shoulder with us in ministry leadership. Mm -hmm. So much so, you're talking about my pulpit. Okay, so if I'm out of town for a weekend or I'm at a conference or I'm doing, you know, or I'm on vacation with my family and I've got to teach LFBI, it's one of those growing leaders that is fruitful in ministry that is now taking and at the institute level, We've got members of MBT that are that are doing the training in our Bible school, mm -hmm. and they're saying exactly what we would say. And what's really cool is the guys that come up and they're like, you know, they kind of did a better job. I mean, that's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's we're discovering all kinds of gifting and oh yeah. But it, unless we exercise it and we give them space to exercise it, we could never see it. Yeah. Which leads yeah. me, I wanted to end. Uh, this episode with just sharing, you know, I, I shared this recently with with Kaya. We talked about risk taking, mm -hmm. and and how I'm not very good at it. Like as a as a person, um, I've never been a risk taker. I don't, I don't bungee jumping. That's a good way to mess up your spine. So yeah, that's probably like, smart. But there's all kinds of things like jumping on airplanes. Yeah, I mean, why would you do that? If the diving board's too high, I don't really. I'm not interested. Yeah, I don't you know, think they make things. those too high. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I've just anyway. never been a risk taker, but yeah. um, I, I pointed out that once upon a time you took a risk on me when I was a young man. Mm -hmm. And and with the thing that's most precious to you, and that's the members of your church. And so, you know, when I was, what, was 23 years old, um, I probably was, I mean, I was snot-nosed and, and dumb and had, you know, on paper was not qualified. But... You saw something, and and here I am. My life's forever changed, completely different because uh, someone was willing to say, "Well, you know, despite the the the, the shortcomings, um, this person seems to be faithful, and I think I think God can do something with them." And if we take that and we replicate that, like if I learned from that, and 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 so now it's my part of my heartbeat is to share the work. Yeah. And so it's precious to me. Yeah. And so this philosophy, yeah. this idea, this concept's really important. Yeah, so you you think about how much the ministry's multiplied because it's not just me, you've joined. Mm -hmm. And then you think about all of the young men and women that are coming up that we're now doing the same thing with. Yeah. 
and they're joining. Yeah. They're joining in the work. And so help us, God, by his grace. We're not going to just win souls and make disciples and train and equip and, and deploy leaders here. But but those those proven, fruitful leaders, the Holy Spirit is going to keep it's Acts 13, you know, just keep pointing out the ones mm-hmm. that we're going to separate yeah. and send. And, and so help us, God, by his grace, we're going to win souls and make disciples and train equip leaders in Boston and Vietnam and Northeast. Yeah. And I mean, man, praise the Lord. Yeah, it's super exciting. So, yeah. and it's awesome to interview you. It's actually, I'm, I'm more nervous when I interview you than anybody else, which is really weird. Well, that's we, that like, is really weird. Yes, you know me the best, I, know, I think. I, mean, I know, it's so I, weird. Why wouldn't you be more intimidated interviewing Alan Shelby? I mean. I. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Megatron, brain, brainiac. I think Shelby. it's sitting down with dad in front yeah. of the camera, and and you know a lot yeah. about me. You could expose me real easy. Maybe that's what makes me nervous. Why would but I? I don't know. What? Oh, it, come on. That's crazy. No, but yeah. it's a good time. It's a good time being with yeah. you. It's yeah. this yeah. is good, and yeah. this conversation especially is is profitable. I think, and and so thanks for hanging out with me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, yeah. and we want to thank you too for joining us for another episode of the Postscript. I hope all this conversation about ministry and uh, you know about investing down and giving people an opportunity in ministry. I mean, Jesus once upon a time took the most ragged group of individuals on really in the whole region of that world, uh, and he invested his life in them, and uh, they ended up turning the whole world upside down. And so, can we can we do that too? That's the question. Can we do that too? Can we take chances on people? And is God worth it? You know, uh, is God worth us? Um, discipling and loving and adoring uh, the weakest and, and the most foolish people uh, and, tr- and trusting them with the ministry. And so uh, if any of this resonates with you, uh, we would ask that you'd reach out to us and consider how we can help you train the leaders in your churches and uh, and maybe even you. Maybe you're someone who recognizes I've got to grow in the word and I've grow, got to grow in my faith, uh, but I want to invest in my church. I want to stay right here, but I need to, I need to learn more about the Bible and about how to minister check out lfbi.org and and visit that website. And and if you've got questions, please reach out to us. Uh, We want to invite you to join us in this uh, ministry philosophy and, and maybe all of us can impact the world. We love you and we ask that you join us again next week. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the podcast. Have a good week. Bye. My name is Brian Bustos, and I am a Living Faith Bible Institute student. And I'm also a husband. And I'm also a father. In this stage in my life, things are definitely chaotic. I've been called by God to serve in my local church here in Kansas City. And in any given week, that may look like leading worship, or preparing for a Bible study, or even teaching a class. And this is where Living Faith Bible Institute is so important to my life. First, it gives me focus, but two, it's flexible. And so if I can't make that Saturday morning class, I can still catch it online, whether it's remotely, or even sometime later in the week, like during my lunch break. I guess in essence, I don't have to put my life on pause. Enroll for classes at lfbi.org.
If you are interested in donating to LFBI to support future pastors and leaders, please visit lfbi.org slash donate.